We've been going through the holy history. The theme for this series is found in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. It says, these things happened to them as examples for us and were written down for our instruction upon whom the end of the ages have come. All of these events that took place with Israel in the Old Testament are not just history, they're his story. It's God's interaction and intervention in human history. God's plan to bring the whole earth to himself, to bring all the people of the earth to be a part of his kingdom. So now you know where we're at. It's the holy history, right? Amen? Amen. All right. These stories were not just stories. Um, There's a purpose. And the purpose is so that God can give us direction, so that he can offer us promises, and uh, so that we can have hope. Um, I think many people just don't want to even venture into the Old Testament because it's like, yeah, well, it's kind of like Luke up here. That's so old, right? But the reality is, if you have the Lord assisting you in your interpretation of that Old Testament, then you can apply it to yourself. And that's what we're trying to do. So uh, we began with Joseph. We went all the way through where the people of Israel were brought to the edge of the promised land, and then they stalled out and were too afraid. They wouldn't go in. They said, there's giants in the land. The cities are fortified. We don't know what to do. God brought us out here to kill our children. And God said, no, I didn't, but... What's going to happen is you all are going to die in the wilderness and your children who you said I brought out to kill, they're going to go in and take the land. So I want to go to the point. Moses has turned over leadership of the house of Israel to um, his protege, Joshua. And Joshua is the military general and leader who is going to take the people into the land. Now bear in mind, their, their fathers were scared. And so God addresses Joshua, and he very clearly tells him not to be afraid. In fact, that was the verse that I sent out, those of you that get my uh, daily Bible. And if you don't, send the word daily Bible, like one phrase, to 94000, and you'll get a verse for me every day and a link to the chapter where you can read. But I want to go to Joshua chapter 1, and I want to read a few verses here, and then I want us to apply where these people were in their readiness, in their willingness, and in their God-given ability to take this promised land that God had offered going all the way back 500 years to Abraham. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving them to the sons of Israel. That is, the land is uh, the, the promised land, but I'm giving it to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot steps, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, it will be your territory. That's a lot of territory. Verse 5, no one will be able to oppose you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not desert you or abandon you. Wow, there's a good promise for us. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may achieve success wherever you go. So you obey God and you achieve what? 
everywhere you go. Verse eight, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will achieve success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen? So the title of the message today, and this title could be taken wrong if you don't listen to me, is Take Courage and Take Territory for Christ's Kingdom. How many of you know the Lord's Prayer? You know the Lord's Prayer? Okay, we could, we probably should actually call it the model prayer rather than the Lord's prayer. The Lord's high priestly prayer is contained in John chapter 17. That's his prayer for us. But this is the model prayer. They said, hey, Lord, uh, teach us to pray. And so he didn't go into, you know, this long prayer. It was very, very short. Okay, our father, right, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, or your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we could continue, but I want to stop there. In the prayer, we are asking that his kingdom what? And that his will be done, that's, that's what the extension and expression of the kingdom is, that his will be done on earth as it is where? See, God's created this, uh, this intermediate space that we occupy, okay? And he gave control of the earth to human beings. And then from the beginning, human beings started listening to the father of lies, the devil, and they started giving him control by virtue of listening to those lies. And so down to our day, uh, the devil is called the God of this world, little G, the prince of the power of the air. And that's not because he has any power that we don't give him. We give him that power when we listen to his lies. He's a murderer and he's a liar, and he's a thief, and he's gonna continue doing that. You and I are responsible to listen to the word of God, to apply it to our lives, and to extend his kingdom into the world, amen? That's what we're responsible for doing, and the problem is Christians are sitting back on their blessed assurance and not accomplishing that goal, not accomplishing that task. And I have seen uh, recently that Christians who are enthusiastic about this are called colonizers, right? And, uh, you know, they're they're nationalists and all these sorts of things. This isn't what I'm advocating. What I'm advocating is that you and I be the people that God created us to be, amen? Amen. The last thing that Jesus said before his feet left the planet was go into all the world and make disciples. Are you doing that? See, that's our territory. I am fully convinced that the reason that the Lord established the United States of America was not so that it could be just a Christian nation as in, you know, all we do are Christian things and go to church and those sorts of things, but it is to be what God intended the earth to be, this safe place, this safe space for us to freely worship and freely preach the gospel. Amen? Right? The reality is, if we were doing what God wanted us to do in the United States, if we were voting the way we're supposed to vote and living the way we're supposed to live, then everybody would have a a place, right? The atheist would have a place, the Muslim would have a place, the Jehovah's Witness would have a place, but we would be able to freely preach the gospel so that people could decide in their own mind and in their own heart what the truth is. That's what God has given all of us on earth. But sadly, we've come to the place where people are too scared to preach the gospel. They're too scared to take a stand. Does that sound like uh, anything we've heard recently in the holy history? Yeah, these people were afraid. 
They said there's giants in the land. You know, now you know people are like, well, there's giants in, uh, online. You know, there's giants in social media. The you know they, they're they're going to cancel us. Cancel culture. Listen, they, they can't cancel you. Do you realize that? Man, the, the Lord Jesus Christ is, is the one that is supporting you. He's the one that is sustaining you. And it doesn't matter how many human beings agree or disagree with you. He's got your back. If God is for us, finish it. Who can be against us? And the answer to that rhetorical question is nobody. nobody. So let's not worry about cancel culture and what people say online, our supposed friends. You know, I've just come to the conclusion that if people are disrespectful to me, regardless of whether they're purportedly a Facebook friend or some other friend, they're really not a friend, are they? Now, I'm told to love my enemies, and unfortunately, these people are acting like that, so I'll keep loving them, but that doesn't mean that I have to spend time hanging out with them and listening to their drama all the time. So as a result, I've unfriended a lot of people on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so to catch up, God promised Abraham and his, that his descendants would inherit the land of Canaan. That's what it was known as then. And it contained a lot of different uh, peoples, right? Different uh, nations, if you will. Uh, different uh, even ethnicities, perhaps, if you will. Uh, a large portion of them were a group of people known as the Amorites. And uh, they did some horrific things. Um, and so God said, you know what? These people are not going to be in the land anymore. Now, if the Lord leads me, I'll take you there and we'll, I'll show you what these people were doing in the land because it was pretty nasty. It was pretty horrible. And so God raised up a people that he sent into the land and he plainly says, it's not because you're better than these people. It's because I'm getting rid of these people and I'm going to put you here because I promised this land to your ancestor. Well, that was 500 years before. Now, if you want to look at where God promises to Abraham. We looked at Abraham for a couple of weeks. It's in Genesis 12, 7, 13, 15, and 17, and 15, 7. God repeatedly told Abraham, your ancestors are going to uh, take this land. They're going to have this land as their own. That goes all the way back from our perspective, thousands of years. Abraham is somewhere in the vicinity of uh, 2,500 B.C., Right, And so probably around 2000 BC, Moses comes along around 1500, 14 something BC, right? So we're talking about a 500 year difference between Abraham and Moses, right? So then Joshua was anointed and appointed to lead the people to fight for the promised land. Now that uh, uh, appointment and that anointing is found in Numbers 27, 15 through 20. Um, and so there was already preparation. You know, Moses said, um, you know, who's going to take, uh, take over after me? And God said, no, it's this person that's been with you the whole way, this right-hand man that's been with you. And Joshua was, was at the foot of the mountain when Moses got the, received the law. Joshua really spent a lot of time in the tabernacle of meeting. So he spent a lot of time in the presence of God. But he wasn't the man yet. He wasn't the leader yet, right? But God said, this is, where I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the anointing that I've placed on you, and I'm going to put it on Joshua, and the people that are going to follow him. Number three, where, wherever their feet touched, they could lay claim as their land within the boundaries set by the Lord. Okay, So you heard, maybe you're not uh, up on your geography as far as the promised land is concerned, but you heard those place names in Joshua chapter 1, the, this huge boundary that was set. Now, this promise is sometimes taken by people to mean, well, you know, I belong to God, so wherever I put my feet, that's my territory. God, and we'll get, we'll get to here in just a moment, God has given us, each of us, and our community of faith, space, right? A place. 
but it is our responsibility to take that place that he's given us and honor him with it and in it. I can't just go anywhere, okay? I can't just go to New York City and start walking around the city and say, this is, this is my ter territory right here. That's not the way it works, right? We have to understand, and again, I started this message by saying I believe that the Lord uh, gave the United States as a gift to people of faith, right? Uh, it was established by people that came over here uh, so that they could worship freely. Um, how many of you have heard of the separation of church and state, right? And you probably heard arguments on both sides of that, right? Let me just help you out. You want separation of church and state. You really do, okay? Now, this has caused people to want to, there to be separation of any kind of religious expression on state property, and that's incorrect. That's not the way it works. The First Amendment uh, is very clear about that, okay? But we want separation of church and state because we want people to freely decide. We want people to be able to freely read the Bible, freely go to church or not, if that's what they want to do, okay? Um, the term separation of church and state comes from a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danvers Baptists. Baptists help estab helped establish this nation because they were dissenters. They were not accepted in their home of England because they didn't worship the way the Anglican church wanted them to worship. So they came over here so they could worship freely. Presbyterians came over here so they could worship freely. All of these different denominations came over here so they could worship freely. Amen. Stop believing projects that tell you that this nation was founded because of slavery. That's not why it was founded. England was full of slavery. These people left England because they wanted to worship freely. That's why it was established. And there was a commerce aspect to that as well. People came here to, to, uh, to make money. But I believe that that's why the Lord established this nation. Within this nation, God has given you territory. He's given you a space. He's given you a place. And I believe that he wants you to take authority over that territory in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. You really need to get this because it's important. It will further your personal success and prosperity. But more importantly, it will extend the kingdom of God into all of the world. Number four, God has a place for us. That's us, Lifewell Church. Um, call it our earthly promised land. Um, Lifewell Church's place since 2004 has been right here in downtown Garland. We kind of bounced around for a little bit. And then in mid-2007, we sublet this building from the Garland Opry, right? I don't think there were a lot, if any, country music fans in our church, but uh, that's where we were in a country music venue. It was a very interesting, uh, if not disjunctive, experience, okay? And when we came in here, the building looked somewhat different, and uh, they tried to run the, the Garland Opry all the way up until the beginning of 2009, and then they just couldn't do it anymore. They, they just couldn't afford it, okay? So they moved out. We moved in. We got the upstairs in 2010, and we've been rolling along ever since then. So, um, you know, we had a little bit of a struggle last year regarding this building, and, you know, you may love this building, you may hate this building, you may be indifferent about this building, but God has given us a prime spot right here on the corner of 6th and State in downtown Garland. This is our space, amen? This is our space. And we extend out to the surrounding cities from here. That's where we are. That's where God has put us for the time being. Now, many of you have moved further out. And maybe that makes it harder. I won't even say maybe. I'm sure it makes it harder for you to get here. But listen, I never envisioned 
that LifeWell was going to be strictly a small community church, as in we're just going to reach this little region. I've always wanted us to be a regional group, right? And so we've got people that live in Rowlett. We've got people that live in Saxe. We've got people uh, that live in Wiley. Uh, we've got people that live in Rockwall, right? Uh, we've got people that live in Richardson. And so the influence and extension of this church goes out through those people. Further, we have a, a, a presence online. Uh, you know, I don't know if you ever watch our service online, but because uh, of the Lord's blessing, we're able to, and this is being broadcast right now uh, on YouTube, our old YouTube channel that we, we've been on forever. It's on our website and it goes directly to our website. So if there were anything to happen with any of these other places where, you know, their uh, editorial boards get mad because I said something that the Bible says that they don't agree with and they want to kick us off, it, people can still watch it if they go straight to our website, lifewillchurch.com. It is on my personal Facebook page. The church has a Facebook page. Right? Anybody can follow that Facebook page anywhere in the world. Anybody can go to youtube.com slash lifewellD. I changed it to that so it'd be easy to remember. The church is Lifewell, I'm D, Lifewell D. There you go, okay? And so you can go there. Any of those places. Further, have any of you ever been on Twitch? Do you even know what Twitch is? My little gamer girl knows. We're on Twitch. We are so hip. I know, I'm like the mom up here, right? You're like, hip, what is he talking about right now? We're on Twitch. This service is on Twitch right now. I've never watched anything on Twitch, but we're there, all right? And uh, I decided to get back on Twitter. Boy, there's a battle over Twitter right now, isn't there? Okay, we're on Twitter right now. We're on Twitter. We're all over the place. So if you want to share what's going on in this church, you can do that. Now, I will tell you this. The music is not uh, on uh, Facebook any longer because they silence it out, right? We do music that other people have written and performed and so forth, and we pay licensing so that we can do that. But we can't convince them that we have the rights to do that. They just silence it. That's all. They, they have an AI, right? That uh, it's very, their intelligence is very artificial. Let me just say that. <laughs> I could go into detail on that, but it'll make the sermon too long. Um, but they silence it out. So here I have these beautiful girls up here singing and these cool guys back there playing music and you're just going. So that's why we keep starting and stopping the stream, those of you that are wondering. It plays the whole time on YouTube, right? It'll still stop and then restart. You don't see the music or hear the music on Facebook and I just told you why that is. I haven't had any blowback on, on Twitter and Twitch yet, but I don't put the music there either because I'm, I'm afraid we're going to run into the same problem. So if you want the music, you need to go to our website, lifefulchurch.com, or you need to go to the churches uh, and my YouTube page, youtube.com slash lifefulld. Why am I going to all this promotion? Because this is a way for you to share the gospel and share about our church. Amen? People anywhere in the world can watch this. That's just crazy technology. That's amazingly cool, okay? And people are watching some really, really goofy and also very, very terrible stuff online. So uh, this is something that you can do, okay? So we can extend and are extending and attempting to extend out beyond. Oh, and I didn't even think about this. I just, I just looked at Lige. We also podcast. So hey, do any of you listen to podcasts? Okay, so... When I first discovered podcasting, it was through Apple. 
And so you may get your podcast through Apple and you subscribe through there. Um, Spotify it has a very robust podcasting uh, uh, format. And so this service is podcasted. Uh, the, the message is podcasted. And it, you just look up, you know, uh, Lifeful Church, Pastor Daryl Hall, and you'll find it. And you can subscribe to it and you can get any of these messages, all the messages that are preached on Sunday, all the messages that are preached on Wednesday, and Lige works very hard to get those up online for us. So there's another opportunity for you, all right? We need to take steps. We need to remove our doubt, our timidity, and our fear, and walk forward into a world that is in desperate need of the gospel. And just like these people who are at the edge of the promised land, life will church, individuals in this church and this community, we need to take the land that God has offered us. Amen? Amen. Here's what we need to do. First, Determined to be faithful to the Lord Jesus above all. This isn't about life well. This isn't about Daryl. This isn't about you. This is about the kingdom of God, right? Thy will be done, thy kingdom come. That's what we want. So uh, Pastor Craig last week, and I think I even quoted this last week as well, um, but uh, Pastor Craig last week talked from the Gospel of Luke uh, about Jesus' very, very difficult saying In Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 26, Jesus said this, we need to follow Jesus above all, no matter the cost. And in Luke 14, Jesus very clearly says, no, you need to count the cost. And it is going to cost you. Not that you need to give God something in exchange for grace. No, but if you walk with Jesus, it's going to cost you uh, popularity. It may cost you some friends. It may cost you some money. But you know, the benefits are eternal and it's very definitely worth it. Um, Luke 14, 26 and 27, Jesus said this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, pastor, you should come to his Bible study. You really, really should. But pastor Craig, uh, you, you just went over this. Does Jesus really want us to hate our father and mother? Of course not. He does, he want, he, does he want you to hate your mom? No. Does he want me to hate my mom? No. If you're going to come after me, you need to hate your mom. Is that what he's saying? Okay. Does he want me to hate myself? Look at myself in the mirror and you disgusting piece of work. I hate you. I'm not going to brush my teeth. Right? <laughs> that would be some self-loathing there, let me tell you. No, by way of comparison, your love for Jesus Christ needs to be so much greater than your greatest earthly loves that by way of comparison, you could say this is hate compared to this. That's a lot of love, right? That's a whole lot of love. And don't go into that Led Zeppelin song because that's probably not going to be good for you. (laughs) Dean and I both, our mind just went right there just like that. It's a great song, but then it gets really disgusting. Um, but in any event, no, we're, we're, we are to give our whole selves to him completely. Number next, we're, we need to claim our cities for Christ in prayer. So in verse three, he said, wherever the soles of your feet trod, wherever you put the soles of your feet, that's your territory. I'm going to give that to you. They had to fight for it. They had to take it. We need to fight for it. We need to take it, right? You need to, first of all, you need to pray. You know what I would suggest you do? Walk your neighborhood and pray. 
Walk circles around your neighborhood and pray. You'll get some flab off, right? And you can start claiming your neighborhood for Christ. Come down here to downtown Garland and walk around the big pile of dirt out there. Eventually, it'll be something cool, but my goodness, they just keep digging trenches and laying pipe. I'm like, what are y'all doing, man? So we claim this big dirt pile for the Lord because eventually it won't be a dirt pile. But yeah, I I think we can do that, okay? Um, We need to be courageous and proclaim the entire truth of God's world to a rebellious generation. God's not gonna leave us and he's not gonna forsake us, Amen. That was verse five, be courageous. I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna fail you. I'm not gonna forsake you. So preach the whole word of God. Don't leave parts out. Oh, well, so-and-so over there is gonna be offended if I say that. Speak the truth in love, but speak all of the truth, all right? Number next, trust God to move the hearts and minds of those in power to favor us, okay? Sometimes you need that favor from your boss. Sometimes you need that favor from your banker. Sometimes you need that favor from someone who is in authority, right? God has placed people in authority for a purpose and for a reason. So it looked like a year ago, I mean, there were all kinds of bombs being dropped on this church a year ago. Um, the city actually changed their zoning and it's, it's official now. They have changed the zoning so that there can be no more places with meetings on the square, we can still meet. But last year, it looked like they were going to zone us out, all right? And they said, no, the way they have it worked out, uh, you won't be zoned out, as long as we're here. But if we leave here and the landlords don't rent this to somebody else within six months that is doing meetings like this, then they will lose the ability to meet altogether. Well, so... What I did, and Pastor Craig came online, maybe some of you listened, is the, the zoning commission had this big meeting, and I mean, it took forever. Oh, my word. It was like on Zoom. Zoom. Does anybody else hate Zoom? Yeah, man. Oh, that's like a headache. But it was on Zoom, and so we were just there forever and ever and ever and ever. And so finally, it got to me, and I just read a statement. And, you know, I just said, I, you don't have the authority to take this from us. You don't have the authority to tell us we can't meet. You just really don't. And they all sat there agape, right? I'm not trying to be mean, but you just don't, okay? God put us here, and we're going to be here until God tells us to leave, amen? And there ain't nothing anybody's going to be able to do about it. I just trust the Lord. I just really, really do. Now, I'm not going to say that it doesn't, you know, freak me out sometimes, that I haven't been, uh, I never get anxiety. I really don't. I really never worry. But I'm telling you what, over the last year I have, I was like, man, you know, we're trying. We're trying as hard as we can. We made it all the way through the pandemic and now all of this drama, right? Nope, I'm just gonna keep pushing forward and saying, okay, uh, we need to be strong and courageous and we need to proclaim the truth of God's word um, to this rebellious generation. We need to trust God to move the hearts and minds of those in power to favor his people. And then number next, we need to obey the word. We need to memorize it. And we need to meditate on it. Amen? So um, I read that. That was repeated just a moment ago in Joshua chapter 1. But Moses had said this in Deuteronomy. Remember, Deuteronomy was Moses' restatement of the law to the people right before he died. This is what Moses said to the people. Um, The salient verses for this 
memorize the word and meditate on it are verses six through nine, but I'm going to start with verse one. Now, this is the commandment. This is Moses speaking. The statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you so that you may do them in the land where you are going over to take possession of it so that you, your son, and your grandson will fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes his, and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that, you, and that your days may be prolonged. Now, Israel... You shall listen and be careful to do them so that it may go well for you and that you may increase greatly just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in all the land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 4, this, is, this begins what is known as the Shema. And the people of uh, the Jewish people today recite the Shema, right? And it's called the Shema because it begins with the Hebrew word Shema, Shema Ko Israel, which means hear, listen. Are you listening? Here it is. Hear Israel. Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. And you shall love Yahweh, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Amen? Amen. These words which I am commanding you today shall be in your heart. And you shall repeat them diligently to your sons and speak of them when you sit in your house and when you walk on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. You shall also tie them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall also write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Wow. I wonder, are you as steeped in the word of God as Moses wanted the people of Israel to be? He wanted the word to be everywhere. Now, I think we're living in a time where people have a harder time memorizing. Is that true of anybody else? have a harder time memorizing, okay? You know, um, yeah, it's like, uh, like, you know, we've done Drama Club forever, and the skit, okay, the skit that, that was done today, there were several different groups of potential cast to do that skit, but these two were the ones that memorized it. <laughs> Amen! They took it seriously. I mean, and it's not just words. Anything you do requires memorization, okay? Uh, so when you get up here, and uh, those of you band members, okay? Robert just started playing with the band. If he, do you guys know Robert sitting back here? He was in the back, back there, being all cool, uh, playing. <laughs> well, I'm jealous. I, you know, I can play the same five chords I could play in high school. Um, but in any event, you've got to memorize those chords, don't you? You've got to practice them, don't you? This band practices all the time. They're up here most Mondays. They're up here really early on Sunday. Also, you can enjoy that worship. They memorize. They work at it, right? Man, we need to take the word of God that seriously. If you memorize the word and then you meditate on what you memorized, meditate just means you're, you're, you're chewing it. You're bringing it back up, okay? Like uh, uh, Pastor Rick Warren says, it's, it's like a, a cow chewing its cud, right? It's chewing all the juice out of that grass or whatever it is. That's, you're getting all the goodness, man. It's, you're getting all the goodness, all the vitamins and minerals out of the word. You've got to let that inhabit your head, not these pagan lyrics to these terrible songs, not lines to pointless movies, 
And I'm not against songs that are secular or movies or anything like that. I'm just saying we let this take up so much space in our heads, man, that we've just become a, a bunch of secular people rather than people that uh, are walking in the sacred, right? So that's what we need to do. We need to memorize the word of God. We need to meditate on the word of God, right? Um, and of course, we need to obey it. And then there's a caution here. There will be opposition. That's all there is to it. You can count on it. You and I need to fight for what's right. We need to vote for what is right. You need to figure out who you're mobbing up with. You need to figure out what tribe it is that you're affiliating with. Because a lot of us have some really foolish reasons for voting the way we vote or agreeing with the political stands that we, that we take. And I'm telling you, if you think I'm coming down on one side or the other, you would be wrong. I'm coming down on this side right here. Now, I will tell you, it's very, very clear. It's been clearer than ever before what's right and what's wrong and what's being promoted in the public sector. If you have said, you know, if you say, well, I have always voted for this person or I've always been a Democrat or I've always been a Republican, you need to follow Jesus, amen? And we have the ability to alter the future of our country simply by the way we vote. You need to pray like crazy and you need to vote, not your conscience, you need to vote the word because your conscience may not be guided by the word. Once your conscience is guided by the word, then yes, vote your conscience. But you need to vote the word of God. That's what we need to do. There's going to be opposition, all right? Um, Jesus said this. Matthew chapter 24, he was talking about the end times, as we would call them. And uh, he said these things would happen. But woe to those... Oh, that's not it. Hang on just one second. Nine, not 19. There we go. Jesus said, They will hand you over to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And at that time, many will fall away and they will betray one another and hate one another. We're seeing this right now. People that once called themselves Christians falling away, betraying one another. And many false prophets will rise up and mislead many people. I won't get into it. It's going to take too long. I was so tempted though. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will become cold. But the one who endures to the end is the one who will be saved. You've got to hang on until the end. If you give up the race, you don't win the prize. Amen? I say, okay, pastor, I think you're kind of a Baptist, right? Don't you believe in once saved, always saved? Yeah, but I think you've got to make sure you're once saved. Because if you're really saved, then you have faith and that faith will endure. If you're able to just change and flip back and forth, right, what you have is feeling, not faith. And the devil's really good at manipulating your emotions. That's how he lies, right? He gets a hold of your heart. Oh, but I just feel this way. Believe this, and this will follow along with it, okay? We need to expect that we're going to encounter opposition. And then we need to just go ahead and extend the kingdom of God through our world by bearing witness to the reality of Jesus. And we need to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. I already quoted to you the very last thing that Jesus said when he said, go into all the world and make disciples. There's another account in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And if y'all will keep coming to Pastor Craig's Bible study, he's going to go from Luke to Acts. And so soon enough, they'll be here. But Acts 1, 8, Jesus said, and when you have received the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. 
And then you will go into all the world and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the remotest part of the earth. Well, that may not make sense to you, but it's concentric circles. Jerusalem was where they were at that moment. Jesus was addressing them in Jerusalem. That was their city. So here we are right here in the center of Garland. Again, you may live somewhere else, but this is where we are. That's the center. That's where the rock falls into the water. Jerusalem, Judea, that was the surrounding, call it the surrounding state. So that'd be like Texas, okay? Samaria, that would be those people that are not like us. They're still living in the same country, but they're not like us. So that's like Oklahoma, all right? <laughs> or New York, or California. Got to be witnesses to California. They're all moving out here. Don't California my Texas. Right? We need to preach the gospel. We need to say, don't vote the same way you voted out there. Governor Nuisance, we don't need him out here. All right? We really, really don't. We need, we need to hang on to what we got. And we got a good thing going. Texas and Florida did pretty well during the pandemic. Um, other states didn't do quite so well. We need to hang on to what we got. We need to hang on to someone that's going to say the church is necessary. Amen? Amen? Thankfully, our governor and a number of other governors said that. They said, no, 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 no. You can't tell those people they got to sit at home. The church is necessary. You trust people to do what they needed. There are people in this room. You needed to stay home. You needed to wear your mask. You needed to do those things. And when it was safe, you came out and you're here. And that's awesome. But that's you. The government should not be able to say you can't meet. Governor Nuisance told them they couldn't sing. That's true. Well, you can go to church, but you can't sing. My friend, that is the most egregious overreach I've ever seen in my life. I would never have thought that it would come to a time in this country when you were forced to stay at home, when you were told that you couldn't worship and that you couldn't sing. My word, we've got to have the freedom to preach the gospel. And when we have that freedom, we need to take advantage of that freedom. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, so then... We go forth courageously in the Spirit's power, right? And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We go forth in the Spirit's power and we proclaim the gospel. For you, what does that mean? You're not a preacher. You tell them your story. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Yes. Can you tell people how that got started? Yeah. Can you tell people how that's going? Yeah. You might not be able to quote verses right and left. I can teach you some. Right? There's a good set of verses you can start off with when it concerns memorizing and meditating on the word. Okay? But you tell them your story. You know, can I share my story with you? And tell them your testimony. That's how you're going to share the gospel with people. And they're either going to listen or they're not. But their response is not your responsibility. Amen? Your responsibility is just to shine the light of Jesus. To smile and love them. Okay? I love it when people smile. I really do. I love it that my teeth are better so I can smile more. And people smile, it just makes me smile. It really, really does. And uh, so that's what I want you to do. Go forth courageously in the Spirit's power, praying without ceasing, relentlessly positive that God has granted us victory if only we'll believe and fight the good fight of faith. Here's the final verse. This is from uh, 1 Timothy 6, 12. 
Fight the good fight of faith, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you, were, and for which you made the good confession in the presence of, of many witnesses. So that's what you need, is you need to have that testimony that you've genuinely come to know Jesus, that you've given your life to him, and that you're willing to do whatever he says. And then he's gonna make you, make you successful wherever you go, not without opposition, but he'll make you successful wherever you go. Amen?